We are I. everybody and welcome back to another edition of We Are I. We're sitting here again with Veronica Yu. Welcome, Veronica. Hi. Uh, one thing that the reason why that we're sitting down today and the biggest topic that we're going to discuss is just nutrition, you know, kind of the beginning steps of nutrition, how to be able to set up a proper plan, the information that we need, you know, and then how to be able to set the success measures going long term because as we all know, there's no point of embarking on any goal if it's something that's just going to be temporary. So, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about the information that a person like Veronica, an actual true professional in the nutrition field, needs to be able to calculate the perfect diet and the perfect plan for somebody to be successful. And the biggest takeaway from this is I want everybody, as you're listening to this entire podcast, is to understand the difference between you know, going online, typing in, I need a diet plan, and somebody trying to sell you one for $19.99, that's the same cookie cutter program for the next thousand people that are going to click on that same button. Um, I want you to really take away the, the amount of information on the front end that a professional like Veronica would collect, and to really thoroughly understand the authentic difference between a professional in their field versus someone who just thinks they know what they're talking about. So, uh, Veronica, maybe you could just walk us through the first steps. You know, I, I'm an average person walking through your door. You know, what is the intake process for you when you meet a new client? Um, first, when I actually meet a new client, number one, before we start anything, you have to fill out the, all those questionnaire because that's going to give me the really good information about you. Then from there, I can actually personalize the plan so you can start it. So how we do, I have about like 179 questionnaires. <laughs> it's not only one thing, you know, like people, when they come to see me, they have an idea of what they want to achieve. But then again, the most important thing, they forget where they come from, how they get raised from their parents. That's very important. So actually, before I go start, I do exactly timeline before you're born. How's your parents, their health concern, how they raised. And then sometimes I go back to like from parents and parents because the genetic is that DNA that we cannot really ignore it. It is also a factor, it's important. At the same time, I even go through like, okay, how many vaccines did you do it when you were little? Oh, remember, did you actually uh, get birth uh, C-section or natural birth? Or did you get um, breastfed or butterfed? All those little things, they count. So that actually gives you right now where you're at. From there, and we know already, okay, in your childhood, did you have any trauma or accident or teenager? So how was it? All those little things really giving me the good information so I can actually properly plan for first the phase one for you. Do people, when they walk in the door and, you know, like obviously – you know, they get met with a smile and they're thinking like, this is awesome. Then you hand them this brick of almost 200 questions. They're just like, whoa, what did I get myself into? Like, are people shocked with the amount of detail that you like to harvest from them? They actually love it because they realize that this is so different than what they experienced out there in the past. And then they realize, wow, this is all about me. So I dissect the person A to Z. 
from there and I told them, please tell me everything. That's the only one way I can help you. So that's how I start and people love it. Yeah. Yeah, see, I find that too, like when when you seek something out on your own and, and when you walk in, somebody's asking like that many questions and it gets that detailed, then you do feel there's a certain authenticity to that experience that you're not going to get from a lot of other places. Not many. Yeah. So could you give us an example of, you know, just some of the, the topics, maybe not the, the questions, but some of the topics that would be in your questionnaire? Like you, you m mentioned some that are like genetic background, you know, previous like health concerns, mm -hmm. you know, talking to the family. Um, is there any kind of other like broad categories that you cover in that? Also, I cover a lot like how many times they actually attempt different type of diet. Oh, and we know now how yeah, that, yeah, that is yes, sure. a lot of actually information for me to actually dissect their uh, metabolism as well and their hormonic balance. And another thing also very important, I ask, hey, let me ask you something. On the table, there's all kinds of salt and sugar and the food there. Which one you want to grab? Just one if you can grab. Right there, it actually gave me really good information what happened. Right now in their well, I see, yeah, the things that are just gonna be nagging in the pack of or in the back of people's minds, where it's just like, like, get those M and M's. I know you want them. Yeah. You know, but like the salty <laughs> things, I can leave it. Like the salt has no appeal to me, but it's like those those M and M's. I talk about them all the time, but they just they itch my back, and I just I'm a monster with them sometimes. Like it's crazy. It drives me bananas. But yeah, it is good to know people's weaknesses and their vices when it comes to nutrition. Right, because another information that I'm doing that because over the years going through with individual clients, and when I look at all those data, I realize that mostly people they actually go for salty food. Really? Yeah, and Do you they think this have, is one of our electrolytes? Is that why we? Because like sugar, you know, obviously we're looking for like a quick energy bump, but like you know, salt is gonna be like sodium is one of our essential electrolytes. Do you think we get naturally drawn to that? We don't even realize it most of the time. Mostly people, uh, they don't know. I don't want to say manage, but they have lots of stress. Over I can the see that. Years, yeah, and then they also like. Uh, uh, they have a little bit hormonal imbalance, especially we people say like adrenal fatigue, but actually it's not adrenal fatigue. The correct word is adrenal dysfunction. Oh. When the people, because when you go to clinic, when you say, oh, doctor, I think I have adrenal fatigue, they don't understand. And I'm always classified as that too, so it's yeah. interesting to get a new perspective on it. And that's the one thing I love about this. It, it pops my eyes open lots too, yeah. you know, doing these podcasts and hearing different terms like that. Yeah, for sure. adrenal dysfunction, when the people are like that, they really tend to go for more salty foods. So remember, when you actually uh, come home at the end of the night, when you want to have like, oh, I want to have some chips, salty chips, right there, remember. Your body needs that, that means you're very, very stressed. You actually all day or even like the past many days a week, you actually didn't handle your stress. What are some of the things that you would tell people that, that cause adrenal dysfunction? Like what would, what would classify? So stress is one. Is there other factors that cause adrenal dysfunction? Usually it's coming from the stress. And it's more like we. I don't even want to say you have to uh, manage your stress. More right you want to say how do you react when you get stressed very key yes absolutely so stress how, you, management. how you dance with your stress most of the people they like go 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 you know in the morning from night their full schedule we our schedule is mostly 99% is to go by what work schedule and if you have a kids it's a kids schedule 
that's how it works. Then first of all, they forget themselves and they all go by the schedule. So they don't really uh, sit down five minutes online. So what happened from your adrenal, they keep on pumping all this cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So the end, like almost like when you keep on using something from in the storage room, what happened, you get empty. So at one point you just become like adrenal dysfunction. It's a very simple way to put it in. And when that happens, you completely break the all the circadian rhythm. So that's where you start to feel like at night, you know, you want to sleep, but okay, maybe you just fall asleep like 11, 12, or even 1 a.m. And then you wake up and then you want to go back to sleep. But then again, you have all this popcorn thought. Like you try to solve the problem. Middle of night, everybody's sleeping. And then after that, you look at the time, almost you have to wake up time. But then, you know, oh, now I can sleep a little bit because you're exhausted. And then you back to sleep 30 minutes, an hour later. And then what happened? You have to wake up. Then you're exhausted already in the morning. That's well, and then like that typical... stress is just compounding from there. Oh, yes. Like, why can I get a good sleep last night? I feel tired. Then everything irritates you a little bit more. And then how do you manage stress with that chip on your shoulder already? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that thing. So that's why we talk about the meditation. We talk about breathing exercise. And we talk about just mindfulness, just thinking. All those things, little things. It count. You don't have to sit down like a Buddha for 20 minutes. Just like, oh, now I'm going to do a meditation. No. You can do it even in the car. You can even drive a mindful driving. You know what that means? Most of people, what they do when they drive, I don't know why they're so angry. They're like, this is my way I'm driving. Somebody cut you. Oh, my God, it's the end of the world. <laughs> well, because that's an easy way for them to be like a window warrior and get mad at people with no repercussions, right? It's just like, I'm going to yell at you through my window and finger you. Then drive off real fast so you don't do anything back, right? Right. So, so, but yeah. uh, you actually bring up a really good point because, you know, I find even with myself sometimes, I, I try to do a lot better job of it now, you know, by dealing with so many people who are in high-stress environments it is more like a boxing match than a salsa dance. Yeah. You know, and if it was more like a salsa dance and you were doing a lot more stress management in real time, because uh -huh. we think of stress management being pre or post, mm -hmm. but real time stress management, then that, you know, like that's where you would have the, the, the peacefulness of doing things like meditation and being able just to deal with it in real time a lot better. And here's the thing, meditation, there's like more than hundred different type of meditation. People are going to listen, what? I only thought just to sit down and listen to music and just to think about the present. Yes, the moment. The real meditation means is that like anything you do, you can get into flow. That moment. Forget everything but that present moment. So myself, my meditation can be I go to dance. When I start to work on the step and I dance, I forget everything but that moment. So Singular thought. Yeah, yeah, that can be one of the meditation. And that's it. So people also love to do yoga. People love to do just do breathing meditation. They do all kinds of different things, guided meditation. But anything that works. And then for you. And you can actually have the present moment. That's a meditation. See, you know, when, when I first started meditating, my sister introduced me to meditation almost two years ago now. And I had that same distorted perspective that a lot of people do, thinking I need to be on lotus pose, in a meadow, on the top of a mountain, and I need to become one with the grass. Like, that was always kind of my mindset behind it. And But then when I read Dan Harris's book, and he was talking about 
when you have an overactive mind, mm-hmm. like meditation can just be more at peace with yourself and just coaching yourself down a singular thought process so that you're closing all the other doors of thought, allowing you to only focus on one. And he's just like, if you try to peel that even back and say, well, I want to be thinking about this workout, for example, or this email, but your mind might be focused on something else. If you allow yourself just to be able to focus on that thing that your mind is prioritizing, you can clear that off the slate and then focus on the other thing so that you can compartmentalize just a lot more, be more efficient through your day and be more at peace with the scenarios instead of trying to, you know, multitask cognitively throughout your day. And that really helped me. You nailed it. That's the right way to do it. So that's perfect. And that's the meditation was very important. It's one of the pillars that actually you want to add into if you want to achieve your health goal. I don't know what's your health goal, but everyone they have, right? And here's the thing. Like when you actually first, okay, what's a really successful nutrition plan or strategy? I can tell you this one. The first most important, you have to actually nail your goal. What's your goal? How many people authentically do you feel know what their goal is when they first come see you? Usually, I would say two out of five, mm-hmm. they kind of know what they really want. But the rest of the people actually by just talking to me, they have a better idea than what they really want and what they really need. Because I think a lot of people don't take the time to think about it. It's just, it's a concept, right? You know, I need to get healthier, so I need to change what I'm eating. I need to be on a quote-unquote diet. You know, but actually putting in some thought like, well, what are my vices? What are the things I like? How can I be successful? And, you know, about six months ago, you know, I heard this, you know, I was listening to this podcast and this guy was talking about nutrition and he was just saying that we also get caught up in thinking that we are going to be on one diet or one way eating all year or for the next five years or for the next 10 years for the rest of our life. But realizing there's a lot more fluidity to diet than it just being this one singular thing and that's what you do now. Do you agree with that? Yes, this is what I really wanted to discuss with you, especially it comes with like achieving your health goal. And it exactly is the same thing. Let's say uh, today I wanted to meet you, Blake, and I have to drive all the way to come here. And yeah, kind of I want to meet you. But then again, if I don't plan and I don't know where I'm going, if I don't have plan, I don't know the road. I don't know where destination here to come in here. I will never going to meet you today. So exactly the same concept. So first is it has to be specific. What do you really want? Like, do you want to lose 10 pounds? Do you want to lose 30 pounds or do you want to gain muscle mass anything that has to be very specific and some people just you know Veronica I just want to have better energy I'm so tired all the time then all right we want to focus on sustainable energy level all day through a natural way so anything that you have to have specific goals number one so you set up that goals and then what do you have to do now you have to plan it right when you want to plan it, very important. How are you going to do this one? So you ask yourself, how are you going to do this one? In order to, let's say, lose uh, 30 pounds, how are you going to do this one? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym for three times a week. Great. Then when are you going to go in gym and do it? There has to be very precise, all this just micro level you break down to make that plan. And the plan has to be really doable, attainable. It's not like... Uh, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do seven days workout. I'm gonna do five hours per day. 
Well, it's good if you can do that, but it has to be realistic. So all those little things that the plan is very important. You need to have a good plan. And so people, before even the diet, you know, you research in internet, here's the thing. Don't worry about diet. All I have to say, you don't know what to do, but you know your goal. And then you break down everything. Then number one, for the easy way you can think about the nutrition, okay, so... Don't worry about like a protein, how much I have to take it, fat, how much take it, carbohydrate, how much take it. Worry about only one thing, the food source, where it comes from. And change everything is good for you. But number one most important thing is to get into your kitchen. Just get rid of all the junk food. Make a nice environment first. And then I want you to go either dollar store or anywhere buy a nice notebook. So that's going to be your daily nutrition or other everything relate with the achieve your goal. You write a journal. You want to know what you're eating, right? So you just write everything, even the little things. So all the breakdown, the food item, because in the end, you want to find the really the diet that works for you, not from the internet. You have to try it. So that's the thing. And just worry about the food source. Is a quality source. It's that when you get the beef, it doesn't matter if internet say the red meat is bad for you, but you don't know. Just to get, let's say, organic grass-fed beef and just a regular conventional beef is a two different story. So instead of worry about the how much you have to eat, the most important is where it comes from. That's what you have to worry about. That and this uh, this famous chef, I remember, you know, he was on TV and they're interviewing about people eating vegetables. And the difference between like organic and non-organic vegetables, you know, and he said, you know, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit if you eat organic vegetables or non-organic vegetables, just eat vegetables. You know, it just, he made it so simple like that. Cause he's just like, if you don't eat vegetables, it, they don't have to be organic the first step, you know, but it's more like if you just need to get into the habit of eating vegetables, just go get some, make it a little bit a little more low barrier. Even if you eat one vegetable, that's the only vegetable you eat for a month. If you're not eating any vegetables right now, that's your start. You know, kind of just really made it a lot. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like where you said, like kind of just more understanding it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know, versus just kind of like jumping all the way to like to the end run. You know, like we were saying where, you know, people are saying, well, I can't eat red meat if I want to be healthy. You know, so I have to think I can only eat chicken and turkey now. And it's just like, well, no, that's not necessarily the case. And, you know, and with red meat, always getting the biggest bad rap about how, you know, red meat is so bad for you. And again, my challenge to people is, you know, and even like what you're just dabbling in is like, yes, there's some red meat that's better than other red meat, but it's typically all the other stuff that people eat when they're eating red meat. Like, as we know, it's like the, the breads and, you know, like the sauces and, you know, like all the other kind of stuff that contributes to overall health. Like they don't ever take it that far either. You know, so if they eliminate that and they eat whatever red meat and mm-hmm. then, okay, well, now that I've eliminated all that other garbage, I'm only eating the red meat. Now I can refine the red meat. Right. So that's a really good point. It comes with the vegetable. I'm vegetable fan. Like I love it because I know what vegetable does for your body. Here's the thing. Um, if you are not vegetable eater, if I ask you, have you ate vegetable today? If you can answer, oh, I had a vegetable last week, then it's wrong, right? So what you can start, I always tell my client, start with the rainbow color because all those different color 
is there's a phytonutrient compound that have it actually help all in your cells in your body they work a different way so start with maybe you go to a farmer's market they get like maybe three different type of colorful vegetable and start with that and how do i calculate this because when they start they're so excited they want to make everything perfect so oh how many how many do i have to have veronica it's like okay don't worry about it first you start with the three different color and then you buy that and clean properly and what you can do just a simple way don't worry about grams and you know, going to the uh, any apps and you know, calorie counting all you have to think about is okay full like a green a cup of a vegetable equal like just to, yeah five grams of carbs because the vegetable is carbs. The people, they don't know that. Many people, they don't know vegetable is carbs. See, and I find that <laughs> the funny thing too, even like with vegetables, is that like people want to specifically weigh out, know every little like ounce that they're putting in of vegetables. But if I'm like, how big was that glass of wine yet? Ah, it was probably like four <laughs> ounces. It was probably nine ounces. You know, like we just generalize all of these things. But when it yeah. comes to like vegetables, it's like, I got to exact. You know, but like what you said, it's just like, eat the vegetables yeah they have some carbohydrates yeah, in it but yeah. you know if you kind of look at again taking like the other things that you may be eating you know in your meal or mm -hmm. in conjunction with your meal cut back on some of those and mm -hmm. go to town on the vegetables you know right. have three or four different kinds or have two cups of it or whatever right. it's the it's more you know like I said like all the the sauces and simple processed carbohydrates that people are eating that's gonna kill them it's not the extra broccoli yeah so it very good point. So here is the thing. First, just to clean your environment in your kitchen. And then second, when you go shopping, uh, farmer's market, try to get all different type of uh, colorful vegetable. And then you just to put that in your refrigerator. And just to think like, you know what, from today, my vegetable is going to be my main course. And of course, I'm going to have my side dish, some healthy fat and some healthy meat, you know, other stuff, a little bit, but maybe you want to have some, even a little bit of fruit as well. So just to have a variety, like a nutrient dense food, it comes from the all different type of variety of food. So you want to do that, you know, instead of going to, oh, Veronica, I can't have a carrot, right? Because it's so high in sugar. I'm not going to, listen, you just had all kinds of pastry and, you know, whole big cake and then now you worry about the adult sugar and yeah. the carrots that drives me nuts it's like <laughs> you're you're contemplating the sugar content in the carrot or the corn drinking your like mocha frappuccino from starbucks yes i'm just like come yeah. on man we gotta get a little real on this one but you know the one thing that i just want to bring up about the the fruits and vegetables when my when my fruit tray is full and my my fridge is full of vegetables I always just feel like my environment's happier. Like, you know, you see all the colors, you know, like it's just more visually stimulating to, to walk in. Like, you know, when your fruit basket is low or you look in the fridge and your vegetable content is low, it just doesn't seem as appealing to me. Like there's just something about those environments when you're well stocked in fruits and vegetables, it just kind of makes my overall environment happier. Of course, because it's very simple when the people say, oh, I don't know which one is really good for me, which one is bad, just think of it. First week, I'll worry about choose the food that anything that from the ground under or above not from the lap so you don't have to even worry about the reading those like ingredient and the this label right so you don't have to read it just worry about like anything that from the underground and then above so that means you just stick into a whole food that's mm -hmm. what you have to do i have a question for you and i might be completely throwing you under the bus on this one um but this 
we all know that the any root vegetables they just have such a high concentration of nutrients in them because they absorb a lot of nutrients in the ground what do you think about how because our soil is so nutrient void now because of how much that we harvest and you know like replant and you know we're putting you know chemicals in to be able to boost up you know like the nutrient content do you think that's affecting the root vegetables that we eat? Do you think the, the nutrient concentration is still as high? Do you think that we have a problem going on here at all? I love the way actually you threw the question. It is very important this day. Uh, soil is so depleted. So we want to get those uh, trace minerals. So when the, all the vegetables and stuff like that, they actually get all those trace minerals, more than 72 trace minerals. So we want that, our body. You know, unfortunately, we don't get that from there, right? That's why you have to focus on organic food. Well, this is what, you know, like the, the part where I always step in with people is that, you know, once you get in a groove, you know, it might be six months or a year or two or three years, always try to think like my goal is to be eating some of the vegetables I grow in my own garden because then you can have a higher concentration of nutrients in the soil. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe even like three months a year, you just get a little bit better produce. Like that's still better than seeing all the same stuff that gets trucked in from, you know, who knows how far across the world with whatever kind of nutrient content is in it. Right. You know, and I think a, an easy way for people to understand how much the the ground in the soil affects the nutrient content is a lot of people don't understand the reason why some salts are different colors. You know, and that was what, like when people are just like, oh, Himalayan sea salt is so good because it's pink. I'm like, well, do you really know why it's pink? <laughs> it's a pink. <laughs> I know it looks fancy, but I'm like, do you know why it's pink? Because at the end of the day, like it's not superficial, but it's a little bit more superficial than what people think, right? Right. You know, but it just goes to show like, the, like that's a really good visual reference of like, you know, what the nutrient content can do to like a mineral just simply even change its color, right? Right, because all those colors, they have a different purpose for your body. Let's say, like, for instance, very simple, it's a red one. Anything red, from like a fruits or a vegetable, anything red is really good for what? Your heart, right? You know, there is an amazing amount of research on that, and I'm so fascinated about that. Like, the correlation between how different foods look in contrast to organs or yes. colors in association with, like, you know, like you said, like red and heart, you know, yeah. like all this kind of thing. It is absolutely fascinating, and I think yeah. that really goes to show our global connection with our environment and mm -hmm. when we're actually in nature and we eat things that are real to our right. environment they're mm -hmm. there yes when i actually uh study at the functional medicine we have all those things from the clinic we have the chat for the all those different color that how is good for your organs and in your body so i know exactly what color is good for your eye vision i know exactly what's good for actually your uh, liver and your pancreas or your kidney and your heart so when i actually uh, see my client the first i think okay this is a chat and this is your baby chat i have a kids plan as well so the all different color kids love it when they look at it oh so i just have to mark what color i ate today i'm like yes then they do that so when they look at it, oh my god veronica i didn't know i said like, yeah that's why i don't ask you to be a vegetarian but this is really important for your health so, and, or for your kids as well. So I actually uh, coach my client with the color, the vegetable, and it works really well. Easy system, right? It's not yeah. complicated, you know, yeah. really easy. You can, you can visually see it. It's gratifying. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it's there. It's easy to accomplish yeah. and not being so complex because, you know, I think because nutrition and how the food we eat affects our body is astronomically complicated, that 
easier that we can make the systems how to be able to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know, because I love what apps do for accountability if people need that, but mm-hmm. I still think they're excessively complicated. Like I have to weigh out this, it has to be like this gram, like it just it doesn't need to be that. And I think the more that that is consistently always the face of like what it takes to have good nutrition, mm-hmm. it still seems overwhelming. Like I don't ever plug anything into an app. I think it's daunting. I never would. Like oh, it's just, you know, if it automatically calculated as I was eating it, mm-hmm. then maybe I would do it. But I would right. never sit down and weigh anything out or anything mm-hmm. along those lines. But um, because it just seems so complicated. It is. So is it, how much vegetable do I have to have? I just told them. Well, it sounds really a lot, but that's what your body needs. When you're adult, at least you need to between the 9 to 13 servings per day. So which is if you're going to have a green, that's going to be like uh, between 9 to 13 cups of raw vegetable. Or if you're going to cook like those cruciferous vegetable, other uh, phytonutrient vegetable, you can actually do that for a half cup measuring. That's going to be like one serving. So it's not really a lot, right? So I just give them simple. Like this is what you have to do. Don't even weigh the vegetable. Just yeah. <laughs> have this way. <laughs> well, because again, if you wait like... 10 cups of assorted vegetables i'd rather that than one bag of chips you know like and i think a lot of people too you know like when we talk about like the amount of servings they're just like man there's so many that's like so much fruit and so much vegetable i can never eat that in a day but i think one one thing that people also need to take in consideration that's only based on today's horrible diet you know like when you kind of look at that, you know, like that guy that, you know, walking down the street, you know, maybe like in the 20s, kind of flicking the uh, the apple up and hitting it with his elbow and catching it again, because people just kind of had fruit and vegetables around them. Like that's what they had for a snack. But now that apple is a bag of chips or sour keys or a chocolate bar or a rock star energy drink, you know, mm-hmm. like it is daunting now because we've replaced all of those things with something else, mm-hmm. you know, so it seems like a lot because we're thinking, okay, well, I need to eat all of this plus all of these vegetables, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, we need to retrain the way that we even navigate through our day and saying, I can't just grab an apple and head out the door, or I can just grab, you know, like this little Ziploc bag that I made of you know, like cucumbers, carrots, and bell peppers, you know, yes. and like that, that's it. Yes. It's, um, the vegetable when you think about, oh, there's no taste, but it's really delicious if you play with that. And another thing for me, uh, this is the thing, the vegetable is like, uh, why is vegetable so important? Let's think about the diet. Okay. The protein is important too. Animal protein, yes, important too, but you can barely get the fiber from protein. Can you get from the healthy fat, the fiber? No. You only can get the fiber from carbohydrate, the mostly from the vegetable. And so this is just a conclusion. In the past, the ancestors, the back, 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 long ago, the people, the hunter-gatherer and stuff like that, when they actually can see those vegetable plants they eat, they eat like endlessly. They eat. They consume about like over 100, 110 grams of fiber per day. They have like a three to five times of bowel movement per day. Why is that? It's because of the fiber. Well, that and the, the part that to me, when it comes to dieting, you're talking about like our, our ancestors from tens of thousands of years ago and like the base development is how, you know, like the absent presence of dentistry, like how there was nothing, but these people have perfect dental records. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they're harvesting these skulls from like 50,000 years ago with no cavities or like, no. no, like they have perfect teeth. Yes. You know, so again, it's like, 
we've created an industry that we don't really need because of how poor our diets are because these people it's not like you know, they lived a couple of years like these people lived you know maybe call it 20 30 40 50 years however long mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. you know but when they have perfect teeth that mm-hmm. are fossilized now we can go back and say because these people's diets were so good and so well-rounded mm-hmm. and they were eating to their environment and didn't have all these you know processed carbohydrates and all this junk food like fast food and candy coated or sugar coated candies and all that kind of stuff you know, this is how healthy we can be, you know, and like you were saying with like the bowel movements and, you know, how we grew and evolved. Yeah. The thing is like, really, you have to look at the food is not for entertaining your mouth. It's really about like how it can nurture your body. That's most important if you want to stay fit and healthy. That's important. And here's the thing is, oh, I can't have that much vegetable. All right. Then let's just start with how many can you do that? I negotiate with them. <laughs> at least how many start off with the three you go say yeah that i can do that oh but three sounds big can you cook them they go yeah okay then you come down to like a little bit over a cup can you manage that oh yeah that i can do it that's done deal let's just start that once they're really getting into a habit and then increasing nine to thirteen serving is very easy you know and it's just like working out too right where you know if you said i say i'm gonna work out once this week you know, I'm going to work out once a week for the next three weeks just to get started. You know, like, you'd work out on Monday, Tuesday would come, like, oh, I probably should go. You didn't go. Wednesday would come, like, hey, I really should go. It just kind of nags at you, right? So, it, again, like you said, like, the, the biggest win there is just initiating the process. Right. You know, like, just say, okay, no matter how small it may be, when I take that first step, if it's a baby step, if it's a leap, if it's a bound, no matter mm-hmm. what it is, that's the key. Right. So that's and important. Snowball yeah. that, right? And then more and more, I just to get uh, get into and educate my client and I say, well, if you can afford uh, like all those organic food, at least I'm going to give you like this 30 dozen and a clean 15, which is the chat that we create, like most pesticides, all this chemical in those food, the vegetable, we actually separate them. So those are, if you want to take a vegetable, get the organic. If you can't, get the from the uh, clean 50 or uh, dirty dozen you just have that for like a uh, local try to get the local one you don't want a vegetable from the mexico you don't want a vegetable from the all the way traveled you know like how many hours away the distance you know because after five days this vegetable and fruit they start depleting the vitamins and minerals so all well, that in the frustrating part for me is and i think they should make this widely known that Although it might be organic, or even if you're not buying organic, when they ship them from Spain or Mexico or South America, they coat the boxes in chemicals to help prevent, because obviously when all those vegetables are sitting in boxes, they're releasing gases, which is going to break down that food, which said it's starting to lose nutrients. You know, it's obviously going through probably a semi-ripening process, but they coat the inside of the boxes, which is then our food just ends up being covered in chemicals all over again. Absolutely, and it's all oxidized already, so what's the point you're actually eating? The funny part, I... I don't know if should I get this one. 1970, United States, they banned what DDT, right? Yep. Because it's really bad for our health, right? And then what they did, they actually uh, export that one to Mexico. So Mexican, they're using DDT to all this vegetable and fruits, all the food. And then sell it back to us. And then they sell it back to us. <laughs> so how does it work? <laughs> Well, the ultimate disclaimer, right? It's just like, well, we're not going to use this on ours, but what we're going to do is buy yours instead. Exactly. It's just so, <laughs> it's so interesting that we just, we accept that too. Yeah. I find it to be really funny about human nature. It's just like, so 
we know it. We're laughing on the outside, crying on the inside, you know, but again, we all, it's just, it's that same vicious cycle. It just keeps going around and around. It's like, if we just eat the food that we produce or the food that we bought, we would actually have to produce like a fifth of the food that we actually make in this world. And then yeah. we wouldn't need to ship it in from, you know, Mexico or South America or Spain or anything like yeah. that. It would be like, if we just, if we consumed fruits and vegetables seasonally, like we should, mm-hmm. you know, if there was maybe three, four months out of the year where you couldn't get apples or mm-hmm. oranges, you know, but mm-hmm. then it shifted into this, we would just be exponentially more healthier for things like that because then things would become a lot more local like how they always have or you'd eat more root vegetables and stuff in the winter time that are very nutrient dense you know and then you know as like spring and summer and fall come around you have more exposure to other fruits and vegetables then you you eat that but you know what we want bananas every day of the year and oranges every day of the year and everything every day of the year then yeah, yeah so we are spoiled. trucking it in from so spoiled yeah. it shouldn't be that way it really shouldn't be that way so uh, for me like now is the people say so many people are getting into like a certain diet and then you know now yes sometimes i don't give to my client even grains and all the especially like gluten food i avoid in the beginning because already they are in trouble their metabolism is already in trouble so what I have to do, I have to take away some stuff. And people, yes, celiac disease, like a hundred percent, I don't give them gluten food. But even regular people, the population, so many people they have a gluten sensitivity. So I actually remove that in advance. So then they get better. And actually they the body can absorb all those nutrients better. So they actually have better energy and that they get better results. So that's really good. Even grain to be oh why the grain is bad? They actually against me. Why grain is bad? Because if you're born 1960, 1950, grains are pretty good, but now it's all we strip off all those fibers and nutrients and then uh, we add a glyphosate, all those things actually is bad for you. So that's why grain is so bad this day. And well, and the thing with that, so for anybody who's listening to this, if you actually just want to understand that concept a little bit more, Google the price of heirloom wheat or heirloom flour. Now that's going to be wheat and flour that's original wheat and then flour processed from that. And the price per kilogram will floor you. It's easy eight or ten times the price. Like if you bought like a kilogram of regular flour, it might be like a couple dollars. It, like heirloom flour is like fifteen dollars. Like it's 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 crazy. But one uh, one of my really good friends, he has an import company where they bring in foods from Italy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, just grab some flour because I know there they traditionally use a lot more heirloom flour because in Europe they don't have like a lot of the the products that we're using here. And it is shocking. Like I could make just a straight up horrible for you um, like loaf of white bread, sugar, butter, and flour. In there, I can eat it. Stomach feels totally fine. Yeah. I use products from here. I take like three bites and I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go again. I'm going to try a little another bite. But then it's just like the stomach pain is just under and it's that prevalent to me. Right. You know, it's just, it's it's crazy. But again, unless if you kind of know that or research it, mm-hmm. it's tough to understand it. You know, it's right. just like a regular person being like, well, why is these two loaves of white bread, why could I eat this one and not this one? You know, like, why is this one then 15 times the price of this one? It's like, well, there's just, there's not a lot of heirloom wheat even being manufactured anymore. Right. It's like little ma and pa places and a little tucked away corner in the United States or Canada or different pockets around the world. But there's just not, not the quantities. Right. So most important is like really where it comes from, the ingredient. 
that's most important the quality source of food that's what you have to focus on instead of uh, get rid of entire fat or entire carbohydrate just focus on quality source of food that's number one have to do it and then down the road and then you start actually manipulating you you know especially important when to eat what to eat and how to cook those are the also in adding into to actually so I always tell them don't don't work hard to, for nutrition plan you have to work smart that's the key and this day especially this day yeah why are you gonna work so hard for the uh, especially for the, your meal plan you have to just work smart so oh okay so i'm gonna eat this time oh i'm gonna eat uh, this kind of food and oh the combination food actually can adding more better nutrient for in my body so that you have to know the, what the combination is good down the road so those things that was like teach my client so when you use let's say for instance one thing when you cook like a food add a turmeric it's good for you right and then if you can add the black pepper and then dissolve a little bit up with a low heat or like a cold dish, you add your olive oil, it actually speed up times three times to can actually get the nutrients in your system instead of just having single turmeric. So all this uh, combination is really, really important. Yeah. And you know, when you look back at like the regions that a lot of those, you know, those ingredients came from, like they were just naturally mixing them. Like yeah. they were just, and you know, <laughs> I used to think this too, I'm like, how did people figure out a lot of these combinations of food, you know, like so long ago? Then I then I started thinking, I'm like, but there wasn't a whole lot of variety. So it was easier to be able to figure that, like you just kind of mixed the few things that are available to you. But again, the root of that was there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. It was all locally sourced. And you kind of just made different combinations, things that tasted good, maybe had the 10 products that you had. You know, because what frustrates me is when people are like, Blake, you know, like you eat the same thing all the time. It's like so bland. Like, don't you ever get bored of it? And it's just like, well, when you want to have an endless option of stuff that is always good and healthy for you, of course, you're going to be chasing this rabbit hole that you're eventually going to go of down. Of course. Yeah. You know, but I more look at it, you know, that I just want to feel fantastic. Like, I really don't necessarily care what I eat, but being able to navigate my or navigate my day feeling great, that's more important to me than anything I'm going to put in my mouth. That's your health goal. That's yeah. why you're chasing after that. Everybody's yeah. different, right? Yeah. Some people really just want like, I just don't want to have pain. Yep, absolutely. Oh yeah, they have all kinds of pain. Like they're like they have arthritis, but it's all the you know inflammatory disease, right? So when your body is so much inflamed, at the end you have the result is arthritis, or you have like all this joint pain other area. So some people are like I just don't want to have pain. And um, can you break down, um, you know, for us too? Because I know. A, Traditionally, I used to think like this before, and I know a lot of people still do, is that they think that inflammation really only has to do with joints, you know, but not understanding the inflammation, you know, in the gut, inflammation in the body in general, inflammation, you know, in the mind, like all these things, like it's all roughly the same inflammation, like your body recognizes it and processes it a lot the same, um, but looking at that inflammation can be more than just like arthritic pain. No, inflammation, inflammation is like everywhere, it can in your brain. It can into in your gut. It can into uh, even your bloodstreams. It can into your all the organs. It's everywhere inflammation. Inflammation short term is good because body want to protect you. That's why it's happening. But what happened is that people they actually they carry that all the time, 24/7. So actually having all kinds of problem and they getting those symptoms. So 
for instance for me like some people when actually they go through my uh, questionnaire I realize oh okay you have a we have to do metabolic detoxification that means already this person is huge inflamed in their gut so then what I have to do I have to reduce that so with what with the food food is a medicine and please medicine be the food you know the code right <laughs> yeah and you know and I think it's because it's like even though people can feel it we're not educated enough to understand it you know like arthritic pain you would know that when you were five years old you know you might hear grandma or grandpa talking about their arthritis or you know mm -hmm. so like you you would understand that but like when when people have like an upset stomach mm -hmm. or you know like these like gut pains mm -hmm. they don't immediately associate that like well this is that that inflammation That's i've been talking or everybody's always been talking about my whole life like mm -hmm. i understand that or you know like the cognitive fog you know like you know anything along those lines because that's why i wanted you know to talk about it for you to expand upon it is because to understand these are the symptoms I'm going to feel of inflammation in other areas of my body, but I'm going to tackle them the same way. Uh, you know what? Basically, you have to tackle it the same way. Because inflammation is inflammation. So number one, you just have to bring down those inflammation. And the best source is going through the plant-based food. That's bring down the inflammation. That's what you have to do. And get rid of really all those processed food that's going to actually add more inflammation. And just when you're speaking about the arthritis, there's two different types of arthritis. Oh no, there's more, but just to pronounce two is one is osteoarthritis, which is like we call the wear and tear. You know, old your grandma or granddad, they, they start having, you know, pain, but usually it comes with a single, like one side, mm -hmm. not the both side. Repetitive stress. Yeah, but if you have the both side uh, balance, like left and right, both you have the same place, you have a pain, arthritis, that's what we call the yeah, rheumatoid arthritis. That is coming from the autoimmune disease. And autoimmune disease, also, it's a, your immune cells attacking on yourselves, right? That's how it works, right? Because your body always want to protect you. So over the period, if you, your body is inflamed, and then after the start, your, uh, simply your uh, immune cell is attacking your body, that actually turns out the rheumatoid arthritis. So there's a different things, the arthritis as well, but the down, the bottom is all coming from the inflammation. Yeah. See, and that's something that I coach a lot of people just to open and expand their mind to now is knowing that like inflammation is all you're going to cure the inflammation in your body all the same way no matter where that inflammation is from you know so why knowing that we put our bodies in a state of inflammation pretty chronically you know like whether or not that you're focused on you know eating healthy diet exercise all these things is that why we wouldn't want to do inflammation management you know where you just you're looking at you want to be proactive knowing that it is coming it's like stress management you know inflammation management like all these things that are so detrimental to our body there's strategies that we can easily implement every day mm -hmm. you know and after like a month you know after three months like we just understand we feel so much better but then trying to feel back and say well why and it's like well i'm doing all of these techniques that now are very easy to do every day mm -hmm. you know but they're reducing the inflammation they're reducing the stress they're reducing all these things, these things that just attack my body and break it down which make it hard for me to live yeah and inflammation is like a, if you're not sure you can actually check that as well there's a mark you can check it how would people check that 
uh, of course you have to go see a doctor. What would, what, if somebody was going to go to the doctor and they wanted to check their inflammation levels, what would they ask for? Yeah, they're going to actually do the blood test. They have a special those lab testing. They have a test for the inflammatory test, the mark, you know, like a biomarker, we check it, right? So they have to do those testing. So you have to ask your doctor, I want to get that. Then you can see your inflammation level in your body. And once you get confirmation, then you can actually start to actually plan and you execute it. That's what you have to do. But single one thing I tell you, inflammation it doesn't happen because yesterday you did something. It carries a minimum 10 years up to 30 years. And then after that, if you don't fix that, it is, you start to think those like diet and related disease, lifestyle related disease, which is like all those, you can name them. The people have even the uh, dementia, Alzheimer, all this day, right? Or like Parkinson's disease or other, let's say, leaky guts and what else, all those different type of arthritis. All those things are coming from uh, inflammation. That's what I believe. So even diabetes. Gum disease, like yeah. the whole bit. There's just everything. the, the, the everything. list is literally everything. Endless. That's like coming from day to day. You've done for like over ten years, twenty and thirty years, and at one point the body's okay. I cannot protect you anymore, so I'm done. Then it's the disease rise in your body. So Why do you think that we don't want to believe the way that we choose to live our lives now is a ticking time bomb for our body later on in life? Like, it's, just, it's an overwhelming global concept here, like in Western culture, where, oh, I'm only eating McDonald's once a week. And it's like, well, yeah, but you might only be eating once a week. You might be getting away with it now, but it's going to creep up on you. Like, oh, I only have, like, you know, cookies every once in a while, or, you know, like, I only have ice cream every once in a while, you know, like, Chinese food every once in a while, like, all these little things. But it's like, we know they'll creep up on us. Everybody knows that. But no, like, there's just a vast majority of people... It just turns such a blind eye. It's like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Or it's going to happen in 30 years from now where I don't have to, you know, worry about it now. But, like, why do you think we're like that? It's so Because strange. it's very simple. Our body is, like, always, it's always a survival mode, you know. Whatever you do, your body tries to cover and then, you know, heal and balance your body. So they do that every day. So let's say, for instance, like, uh, you have an accident. You see your arm is broken and you're bleeding. What happened? You know, you see right away. So you want to fix it. But internally, when you're injured or internally, you slowly, you know, you have problem. You don't, first of all, you don't see it. Can you see your inside, what's going on right now? Well, especially like what you said, like your body's always trying to achieve a certain amount of homeostasis, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, you go through those little checks and balances. But again, you know, also like we just said, is you can't see. We don't have a window to the inside of our bodies. But we do, but people don't recognize it. It's just our how we feel mm -hmm. every day. Like that's mm -hmm. our window. But people don't want to get the Windex out and you know get the paper towel and give it a little clean, mm -hmm. you know, because it just, I just, I, th there's no connection between it. You know, like where mm -hmm. people are like, oh, I feel groggy in the morning. Mm -hmm. Well, why should you feel groggy in the morning after you just slept seven hours? Mm -hmm. Like is that should be a sign. That's your window. Right. You know, like oh, I wake up I and mean, after the first couple hours of you know, waking up in the morning, I always feel a little bit bloated. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another window. Mm -hmm. You know, I always have this. You know, drop in. You know, I go hypoglycemic later on in the afternoon. It's like well, there's another window. You know, like we have all these things, but like every day we just go on and we just live another day like that and another week and another month. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's so strange about how it just it's become this global acceptance as the food that's become available to us, it slowly started to shift, uh -huh. you know, from like, you know, maybe like the few 
local ingredients that we had before that were just you could eat them in abundance and you would feel fine. Like you, you know, you'd wake up, you would feel refreshed. You wouldn't have like, you know, big distended gut. You wouldn't have GI distress, you know, throughout mm-hmm. your day regularly or mm-hmm. this underlying inflammation. Mm-hmm. But like, as a, like big foods come into play, like it just seems that we're okay. And then, you know, big food kind of sets us down to a certain path for big farmer to kind of take over and run with the ball. Yes. Uh, that's a good point the thing is, many people, they really, until they know they're in trouble, they don't really want to fix their lifestyle because it's, a, it's only one thing, because it's their comfort zone. Many people, they don't want to get out from their comfort zone. But they don't know that comfort zone is not really comfort zone. But Well, <laughs> that, and it's like, when you, I challenge people all the time to think about this. So I'm like, when you're living with type 2 diabetes, I'm like, would you, if you had a gun, with a really long trigger on it, and you slowly just kept squeezing it, just kept squeezing it, and you knew you were squeezing, and eventually one day it was going to go off. Is that would that be acceptable? You know, it's literally the same thing. Like you're just yeah. you're choosing to be able to walk down a certain path. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like the disassociation behind it, where you said like comfort zone, but where when do we break out of what we feel our comfort zone is and say, hey, like this is the reality behind it. Not only am I realistically slowly committing suicide which mm-hmm. is is what it is but i'm taking away some of the best years of my life we work all these years to be able mm-hmm. to get into retirement and enjoy our grandkids and you know like really live life and we take that away from ourselves mm-hmm. you know and then we become like this huge burden on everybody that we love around us because we have all these medical appointments we need to go to and this that and the next thing so we force to be taken care of you know, and then it's this huge burden coming up on just like our overall um, healthcare system. Yeah, that's why it's really important when really every individual person, they should sit down and think, you know, uh, not just to go, oh, I want to lose a couple of pounds and stuff. Yeah, that can be the goal, but always ask why. Why do you want to lose that weight? Why you want to gain those weight? You have to ask yourself why. If you know the reason why, and the reason is really you are desire, like you want that, you need that, then everyone, they will do it. Yeah. And do you think like these are some of the reasons why that, you know, a part of our healthcare system that we should have regular access to people like you? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, like, do I you think so. that just for overall, like all the reasons that I just listed there, you know, things that we've talked about here that... You know, if you could walk in and just have like your every six month nutritional checkup or once a year nutritional checkup and sit down with a person like yourself, mm-hmm. like, do you see there being like a long term shift in the way that people eat and the way that people live their lives? If they had that kind of accessibility where it doesn't not going to cost them anything? I think it's going to be huge impact on individual because it's a calm down to they have to understand there is a solution right next to your door. And just you have to open your eyes. And who's going to actually help them to open their eyes? That's going to be someone as your professional, state or a dietitian, nutritionist, and uh, even functional medicine health coach. You know, they can actually provide that. This is the reason why you have to do this. Then they're going to say, all right, this is another way to actually stay healthy instead of just taking pills. Yeah, so I think it's going and to be again, it, yeah, like we said, and it's just like the even the preventative side, you know, before it even you know gets to the point of ever like you know taking those oh, yes. where it's like the, you know, think if we were kind of, you know, passively taught inflammation management in elementary school, 
you know, like yes. where kids kind of go, it's like, well, what did you have to? It's like, that's why with my daughters, I never force them to consume anything, but I do it through passive engagement. You know, it's like, well, we have fermented beet juice. It's like, well, you know, I love fermented beet juice. You know, I'm Ukrainian. Kvass has been a big part of my life almost my whole oh, life. Oh, wow. you're going to have a great heart. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> and my youngest, she's one, and she'll sit there with a whole bottle and just sit there and drink it. Like, she it's would amazing. love it. It is so amazing crazy. amazing because the beet has so much potassium in it. Yeah. It's so important for our body every single day. That's good. Good job, Blake. Well, and you know, it, it, again, it's one of the, it's nothing. I've, I, I haven't done it. I haven't been like, here, you need to drink this. You know, it's just like she knows that I drink. You know, my middle one, you know, for milk. You know, like I have a little glass like every day, and like she'll sit there, and that's her one thing. You know, and then you know, my oldest, you know, I try to get her to step outside the box a little bit because she's a little bit older, being seven. You know, but they see me like, you know, teaspoon of turmeric in the morning. You know, some fish eggs. You know, mm-hmm. the beet kvass, the kefir milk. Mm-hmm. You know, like all these kind of things where mm-hmm. it's like. I just want that to be a part of their lives. Like they see it mm-hmm. and they understand that those things are options. But I feel like if, if we had more exposure to those things with kids that age, like they want to do it. Like right. you can tell you, like my youngest is one. She's a year old and she's sitting there with beet kvass and loves to drink it every day. Oh my God. You know, but it's like, but it was never taught. Like she can't, like she doesn't know, like even if I was like, you know, Belia, you know, I want you to be able to drink this. Like, she wouldn't even understand it, but mm-hmm. she just likes the way it tastes. There's a part of her that just connects mm-hmm. with it. That's very important because that's why I go back to also, like, a timeline when they are born and then how they grow up because it is very important to get educated. Think of this way. Your daughter, she trusts you 100%. Whatever you give, even you give whatever, like, junk food, she will eat them because she trusts you. Same goes with all the parents out there, the listener. Your kids trust you. So that means a lot. So whatever you provide, you have to actually think one more time. This is good for my baby health. This is good for my son. This is good for this. You think one more time. If you are not sure, educate yourself first. And make sure that give them 100% good for them. Because they trust you. Well, your daughter didn't decide, oh, I want to have a Blake as my father. Yeah. They don't have a choice. Well, see, you know, and those are <laughs> those are great. Like, the, the subject that you just brought up is, you know, something that I see all the time about how parents are struggling to be able to make these better choices for themselves. But again, it always comes back, oh, you know, my son is five, he can get away with it, or he plays sports, you know, he can get away with it. And I'm like... Because your son is five or your daughter plays hockey and she's a teenager, that's the reason why they even more shouldn't be eating, you know, like the refined carbohydrates, the processed sugars, the fast food and all that kind of stuff because they need better tools even more than what you do right now because they're still growing. They're hyperactive. They're all these things. Like we all need good nutrition, but why do we create a separation between us as parents and our children? Yeah. And that's the thing that I like – you know, and I was, went through like an experiment for a month of just chewing up raw garlic and selling it before because I wanted to, you know, it was right at the start of cold and flu season, you know, it's mm-hmm. antibacterial, antiviral, you know, like just everything. I'm like, this is good. So this is going to be my flu shot. I'm going to try it. This is my thing this year because I haven't got a flu shot for like 15 years. So then like, my oldest daughter, I'm like, okay, I'm like, put this garlic in your mouth. I'm like, chew it up, kind of like get it all up around and gum on, you know, kill all the bacteria, the bad bacteria in there and swallow it, you know, get down. And she's just like, took one bite, she's chewing it, she's swallowing it, and she's like, okay. I'm never going to do that again. That was the one time, mm-hmm. and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, okay, but 
I'm like, I'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want to try again, just let me know. She never did. Uh-huh. You know, but again, it's just like that, you know, everybody kind of trying to live cohesively the same goal, right? Right. And another thing, when you actually give them education properly when they're little and they grow up that way, their lifestyle is already set. So you don't have to worry about it. You know, and we touched on this same thing when you were growing up, you know, where you're talking about just like, you know, you never really thought about food being any other way except for the food that your parents served you. But look at the quality of the food that your parents were serving you. Oh, yes. You know, and you just loved, yeah, yeah, was it yams or sweet potatoes? Yams. Yams. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just like it became like this awesome experience. You know, it came from, you know, parents that you trusted from the, you know, immediate Uh environment around you. It tasted good. It looked good. You Uh know, all these kind of things. And it's just like because also your parents made it a big deal. Yes. You know, because you said your dad did only once a week, right? It was once a week, every week. five days, like a Friday night. Yeah. Just to remember. <laughs> yeah. And how many people here, like every Friday night is like Sundays and pop. You know, yeah, like that's yeah, kind of like yeah, the difference, right? Yeah. But like, you know, look what it's done progressively for you your entire life and you and like the how you live and how many people or lives that people have changed. And, yes. you know, the one thing, you know, for everybody who's listening that I try to instill this to everybody that I come around and it's you know people like Veronica you know when they when they change the way that people eat and they reduce the inflammation they get them to start eating healthier, like it's literally adding seconds and days and weeks of quality on the back end of people's lives. Yes. You know we we forget that though. It's like well, if that person that you change at 35 or 40 now lives to be 80 and the last couple of years of their life are amazing. Mm-hmm. And they just drop dead one day, which we all want to do. We want to suffer, <laughs> but when they look back on the same ones, be like, man, it's it's all of those moments that you know people like Veronica in my life helped me change my life, and I could live a better quality life on the back end. Oh yeah, so that's like the best feeling I can ever can tell you right now. Like uh, I had uh, clients like that, you know, they told me, Veronica, you saved my life, you changed my life, and I'm like, no, no, okay, it's good that I get the credit, but it's all in you. I just, uh, you know, with you, I just guide you. I'm your GPS because uh, you know how to drive, but you don't know how to get your destination. That's why you plug me in. So I'm your GPS. I guide you the right way to go. You know, and it's like that. If, (laughs) if, again, you know, if when you make those changes and people can do it, and Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that people always feel like they can't do it, but everybody can. The biggest thing is just trying to forget all the crap that we've been taught and mm-hmm. misled by all of these years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, think of how many people still on some degree kind of feel like eating some cereal in the morning. Many. You know, and it's just like no matter how bad or how much you know that stuff is horrible for you, horrible way to start your day at any time of the day, cereal is just junk, it's garbage, but we still kind of feel that way because, you know what? All those shows we all watch with uh-huh. like the the Lucky Charms and the you know Coco Pebbles and all that kind of stuff. It's just that was our education, right? You know, and I know for about six months I tried eating a salad every day for breakfast. You know, instead of just you know just and this guy that you know that I was talking to that was doing it, he's like, you'll never even begin to like understand how refreshed you will feel the rest of your day by eating a salad in the morning. So he's like, a lot of people will eat breakfast for dinner. They always be like mm. pancakes for dinner. That's always kind of one of those things. People are like, oh, we're going to have breakfast for dinner. But nobody would ever have something like a salad for breakfast. So I did it for like six months. Amazing. Yeah. Felt absolutely amazing all day long. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, we, that's where that education comes in. And again, you know, I, you know, I brought up before in this podcast that, 
you know, we need access pe to people like you. Like, it's critical. Yes, very important. This is myself also, like, uh, yeah, why I work with the individual client as well, because I still believe it has to be one-on-one, -on -one, completely understand the person's body, and then actually help them to achieve their goal. But same time, not many people can actually reach me out, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I do a lot of, like, those group workshops, and just to educate them, just teach them. And then I say, you know what, tell your friend and do it together. As a do you feel the last, you know, five years or 10 years has been a lot different? Like, do you feel a big shift of people wanting to, you know, eat more local, eat healthier, take control of their health care themselves? Like, do, you, do you feel that movement is starting to come? Oh, yes. I see huge changes within these five years. And now is a science I hear. And then all the doctors came out, they talk who believe in nutrition and lifestyle. So they start educating other people and just the general population. So people are aware of it because people get sicker and sicker. And the more new drugs comes out, it doesn't mean you're going to get better. You're going to get sicker and sicker and you're going to have poor quality life. And they see that. So now it's like people really aware of it. I was talking to one of my buddies the other day and we were actually... Chuck and I might have been talking about this. I can't remember. Um, but we were talking about the laundry list of negative side effects of taking pills. Ah. You know, big pharma. Now, if you can achieve an actual progressive better result, so instead of just treat or like having the taking these pills for symptom management, uh -huh. that'll never actually make anything better and then no. give you all of these other negative symptoms. Uh -huh. But you can eat healthier, say, you know, increase your, your fruit and vegetable intake, mm -hmm. you just clean up your diet, mm -hmm. which we know is going to actually help the root problem of that. Yeah. But what's the negative side effects? Negative side effect of uh, uh, alternative choice, which is uh, just uh, going through with the food and lifestyle. There is one negative uh, point I tell you now. It's your time. Because this day everybody's like, I don't have time. I'm so busy. I don't have time. But as it's negative side, you need to actually put some time into it. You know, and it's, <laughs> and that's, that is, I would say, besides education, what I know to be one of the biggest barriers that people face is because they feel like they don't have the time. You know, and there's all these places that are more than willing to kind of step in and fill that void of this food that they shouldn't be eating. But, you know, where it's the... How much time does it really take right now to prepare your own meals for how you might have to hobble around your house for 5 or 10 or 15 years when you're 65, 70, 75, 80 because you just can't quite get around anymore because the inflammation is so high in your body or, you know, like the diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure that you're fighting and all this, these 15 pills you're on for mm -hmm. symptom management, you know, and all that kind of stuff. For, does it really take that much time now? I know we all perceive it to be. But because, is it existentially really that much time? Because they don't it? know how to tackle the time. That's why. Beginning when I started, oh my God, I have to like just cook and eat and turn around. Oh my God, I have to have my next meal. I was like, oh my God, my life is just cooking and eating. I thought that. And over the years, I just adapted a lifestyle. And then you start having these tips and tricks. So what you can do, everybody got at least two to three hours in three days, mm -hmm. if I'm not making a mistake. Well, it depends on how many Netflix episodes you're binging on That's right exactly now, right? what I'm saying. Uh, if you watch at least two hours Netflix every night, 
and let's multitask though that's what i always <laughs> tell people i'm just like everybody's got an ipad a lot of people even if you're watching it on your 80 inch tv that's like 10 feet away from your kitchen island just turn it on instead of sitting on the couch like you can easily do food prep like kill two birds right. with one stone like that's why I say, like, we perceive it to be all this extra energy expenditure, but is it really? Like, it's not. Like, it just, it really isn't. The thing is, like, we all heard this one. Everyone got 24 hours per day. We combined to get 160 hours per week. And never mind the sleeping is important, so you deduct your sleeping hours. Okay, working is important because you have to provide your kids, your family, or yourself, you know, some money, right? To cover your bases and the other stuff. Other than that, think about it. How many hours you can actually put just prepping your food? Because it's only for you and your loved one. It's your kids or your wife or husband. It's for them. So how long is it going to take it? How many hours can you spend? Human, anything, if they really want it, oh, they make time. Well, that and, <laughs> you know, like when it comes to families, like, you know, like when we're like, you know, individuals whether you know like you're single or you know like long distance relationship or you don't have kids or you know things like that how you feel and how you act when you're at home becomes irrelevant you know but then you add a significant other one kid two kids three kids mm -hmm. you know when you're eating healthy when everybody's eating good you know you've eliminated those processed carbohydrates and you know like the refined sugars and all that stuff mm -hmm. from your diet and everybody just gets along better yes like it's just like that's yes. the environment we should all all want feel to strive for for yeah it's like yeah you're just saying so why not spend that that hour you know doing it or yeah. you know pre-cut all the vegetables so like they're just sitting in the fridge of people where like kids can open up the fridge and just grab a handful right. of pre-cut bell peppers or something right. along those right. lines right right so for me like i give to my client just a little bit tips and okay it look like overwhelming right now when you look at the paper but i tell them this way uh do you have uh, two hours in the next three days yeah make the time that's your grocery shopping day Go to all those like you know butchers or you go to any place or even just regular place farmers market you know try to get all those your food ingredient and put it there all you have to do let's say you're busy make a smoothie in advance it can last 48 hours just to you know the uh, lid tight and then you put it in the refrigerator and another thing okay you cook the protein Make sure to cook well at least like three days. If you don't have time, cook for entire seven days. And then you freeze them half of the things. And the half of things already put in your, your Tupperware or whatever that, you know, convenience for you. This way, what happened, you are never going to miss your uh, meal time. And another thing, you know what you're eating. And you actually save your time. And even though you had the last meeting, you're kind of busy, you know, on the go. But you still have your food. So you don't have to think about, oh, what should I eat my food? There's no, this restaurant, you know, I have to eat certain food. Veronica said I have to eat this food, but I cannot find anything. All those hassle, all those problems already solved. So you need See, to like, yeah, just a couple of hours. And, you know, and the <laughs> one thing that, you know, like with my girls, when we're going rugs, that's what we do. You know, we kind of have like, like a day or, you know, like sometimes I'll do it by myself. But I, I like to involve them in it because the one thing that I've noticed is it may take, two or three hours to go to all your individual spots versus like a big box store mm -hmm. where you just got to get all the everything mm -hmm. in one. But every time we stop at the butcher, the guy always has, he always has like a little something for the girls to try. Yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah. just something that yeah. he just finished making or, you know, like, right. you know, and like, that's what I love because 
they are more apt to try it from him than they are from me because I'm dead. Right. You know, but like, but I love the personal experience of that. Or, you know, you go to the farmer's market and, you know, somebody's like, oh, these apples are really good. Or, you know, like this and like, you yeah. know, like cut them up or the guy pulls a knife out of his pocket and cuts a slice off and gives mm-hmm. it to the girls. Like, I love that experience. And mm-hmm. I think that where we lose the socialism side of mm-hmm. life, you know, of helping each other, like the humanity, mm-hmm. it's when we don't do those kind of things. Because that's how I grew up, you know, growing mm-hmm. up on a farm in Southern Alberta, like everybody was like that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, that's the one thing I feel like that being more in like urban centers, like we miss is mm-hmm. that, that people wanting to do something nice for somebody else based on something they have, like something they're proud of, like mm-hmm. the artisan side of life where I, you know, I made this, this, turkey sausage or this beef sausage or the you know like this whatever you know like I want you guys to try it you know like I just picked all these apples last night they're crisp I waited till it was like minus two to get them so I know they're really good you know where they're passionate about it because then especially with our kids when they see other people being passionate about these things that they think that they may not like because you know frosted flakes are better Mm -hmm. then they understand they're just like this is something exciting Mm -hmm. you know like this is something that I should be doing this is something that I should be eating right and it's a really good point, you know, yeah, we are like a social butterfly. We're not meant to be alone. So it is important like to connect with other people. Also, that help you if you have a certain your health goal. It's easier to, you know, like if somebody actually accountability, I told you before, right? It's really important supporting each other. So it's one way to support each other. Let's say you go to butcher or a couple of days later and then you just start talking to the person and they, oh, I'm getting this meat, I'm getting this because uh, I want to reach my goal is this, this, and so on. So then like already the other person knows what is your goal and you're working on it. So you can count on the person and also like you can tell your friends to get involved, you know, we have a similar goals like, oh, let's do it together. So you can actually do that as well. So like the more you go out there and meeting people and talk about it and uh, what you want to achieve, and people are gonna come to you and they're gonna talk about it. And that way, you're not you're not alone. Number one, and then there is a hard time, but they're gonna support you. So you can continue go your journey as well. Well, and you know, like you said, like those those cohesive um, environments where we all kind of band together. You know, where it's the then it doesn't feel so odd because that's the one of the big things, especially with nutrition training a little bit, but I find it really big with nutrition that when you eat differently than your social circle, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be like family, friends, yeah. whatever it is, there's always a part of you that feels kind of weird or odd or guilty or you're doing something know, you're not yeah. supposed to be doing or like people are just like, oh, you need to stop doing that. You've been doing it long enough or, you know, like, or how long are you going to keep on doing this for, you know, like, oh, it's pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. And like, but why? You know, and that's where like, but when we pool ourselves around people who have like that same goal, you know, mm-hmm. that same thing, it's just so much easier. Like there's just it's so easier. much that you just don't think about anymore. It is easier. So, and while there's people out there, but you know what? Those people, when they give those kind of comments, deep down inside, they want to do it too. Yeah. But because they can't, or, you know, they thought about it, but they can't really act, and then somebody else is really doing it. Do you find that to be a big thing with your clients? Do your clients ever talk to you about that, and just how hard it is with their social circle, you know, like, to be successful? Like, is that something that you deal with with people quite a bit? I do in the beginning. I did, but we discussed about it, and I actually tell them, why don't you encourage your friend to give tips they will love it 
because uh, deep down inside those uh, other female lady they want to stay fit too right so yep. you kind of help them you know i'm getting this one i tried this one really working so kind of pull them in your circle so you can actually doing together instead of oh i'm doing you know what okay what are you doing oh i don't know i have paper you know i have plan from veronica i'm doing it but already they seen you losing like 20 30 pounds and then uh maybe some other reason they can't uh, actually get my service but then you help them out whatever that you learn from me you actually tell them share with them that's what I do. So that too. And mostly when they have an event and going to birthday party or some of the, you know. Super Bowl. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then my client, they come to me with a menu. This is in the restaurant. They have a menu. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's, uh, yeah, brainstorm. So you're going to do this, 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 this. Oh, that's good. I can do that. No problem. And some place that they really, there's no choice. Then they're like, oh, what should I do, Veronica? Should I not eat? Then I'm going to say, this is what you're going to do before you head there. That's going to be 6 p.m. In your car, you are going to have like uh, this, this ingredient, massive like a smoothie. You're going to drink yeah. it. So already you feel satisfied. And then when you get there, instead of having alcohol, have some fancy water like, you know, uh, carbonated water with some lime or lemon and adding into and then drink that as well. And then people beginning, they're going to offer you some drink. But the end, after one or two glasses later, they forget about you. They think you're drinking too. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you can just that manage that. Vodka water, vodka water all day long, right? Yeah, so <laughs> you can do that as well. And then you can just have the finger there's a finger food there there like some of like there is a couple of vegetable there's a couple of protein and so on do that just to don't touch those pastry food and stuff like that then you find oh yeah that i can do that so people manage pretty well yeah see and i i find because you know like I, obviously last night was the super bowl and you know i was like most people i was at a, a super bowl party and there was like tons of tons of really good food and you know where it's just the it is tough to be able to select it sometimes with the one thing when I'm in it with a group of people is I have a really hard time with them feeling guilty because they just know that I'm there. You know, and the one thing that I've really tried to say to people over the years is like, hey, if, if this is that time where you're kind of like, you know, you're letting it go, you know, you're not eating as healthy, but for the majority of the time, because you know I'm in your life, that you're making better choices, you know, like that's a big win as well, right? Yes, absolutely. That too. And I think always this way, like it's it's your lifestyle. It's like I've seen some of the previous clients, they did the fantastic. They achieved their goal and then they came back two years later and I thought I can do it, I cannot do it anymore. So when I go through again and then when I replan and give it to them, already their body condition changed, so I replan. And they say, yeah, you already have this kind of uh, even nutritional supplement. You have this. Like, oh, no, I haven't taken it for two years. I'm like, um, why did you stop? Because it's hard. It's, it's too much of accountability. Hard. Just yeah. the fact that for them, when they're with me, that's a program. And the minute they finish, it's like, you know, like, oh, someone like, oh, I want to go to the gym to lose 20 pounds. And then when... They lost 20 pounds because they go to gym every day, they train, so on and so on. And then the minute you actually lose 20 pounds, you're going to stop going to gym. Oh, that drives me bananas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like exactly it's just the like, same thing. I lost it. I'm going to go back to everything I was doing before because that was successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, um, you know, and, you know, I always, I, I think like something I just want to talk about real quick too is the, 
what why people feel like it is so daunting and so much work to be able to keep up with being physically active and in eating healthy is just like, we've never ever in like human history you're talking 300,000 years ago to right now it's only really been what the last 50 to 70 years where we've actually had to start thinking about these things and it's really only been maybe the last 20 years where we've realized how far the wheels have come off the bus because of what we started doing 50 or 70 years ago like it should not we should not have to think have accountability systems we should not have apps we should not have any of these kind of things Mm -hmm. because we've never had because we just lived our lives Mm -hmm. but because of the choices that we've made and where we've gone as a society we actually need to do all these things but they're not easy for us because they're not organic for our body like we have like a hundred thousand years ago we weren't like okay well i have to pull up my rock and get my chisel and chisel what i ate down today because i got to stay fit and healthy it just wasn't like that we've created this environment that forces us to be accountable you know to all these things because the way that we choose to live our lives yes it's also back then um it's also different because uh, think of this way when they grow up since when they're baby now you just mentioned 50 70 years ago so now this day when my age a little bit younger generation as well how they grow up the parents it's different because you get fed a different way you actually have different you know the play you know the instead of going out playing the what they do they play game boy right so all mm-hmm. those things right so for me it's all about the lifestyle since when you are little how you grow up so this is a really good point and it's a pros and cons this day a pros is that there's so many out there information you can grab and learn and apply at the same time uh, let's say because of this i don't want to say but this is a corporation all these big guys so it makes us really hard to actually live really fit healthy lifestyle so you have to educate yourself properly, and then in the bottom line is your mindset. Like, uh, what do you really want? Just think about the goal. And why do you want it so bad? Once you know that, the two things, and everyone can manage this one. Because at the end, like, if you want it so bad, and you, you know why you want it so bad, then you don't need the trackers. You don't need all those fancy stuff and track you for yeah, when you're sleeping or when you're doing exercise and all your calorie counting because uh, you're going to educate yourself and you're going to do it because your will is always going to be there and you're going to keep on pushing yourself to do it because people, they need those things because their mindset is not 100%. That's what I believe. Well, yeah, and you know, like a real big concept, you know, the, the breakdown of that is like people not understanding how to be able to choose the right goals for themselves too, right? You know, where that's where people like you come into play to help guide them down that right road because, you know, because of like the access to information now, it's like, okay, well, I, I want to be, you know, vegan. You know, okay, well, no, I shouldn't be vegan because I'm not getting out, so I need to be, you know, keto people tell me that keto is awesome. Okay, well, now I need to do intermittent fasting. And it's like, well, all of those things may be applicable and you might go through all those stages in an entire year, you know, but the thing is, it's like, but what's the base of all that? Like, what do you connect with at the base of that? And that's your foundation. Then you build off on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what you, and I actually explained that you in the beginning as well, just get the right food source of food. 
And the second worry about the diet, the portion. <laughs> How do you feel about all these things? Like, I, I have a really tough time with this. Um, not only energy drinks in general, oh God. but like pre-teens drinking these energy drinks. How do you feel about that? Like, what from your from your professional perspective, you know, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids pounding back these, like, caffeine-filled energy drinks, like, like they're water. Like, it's so hard for me to see that. It's terrible. It's unbelievable. It's it's the worst thing that actually you can do to your body. It's really bad. The compound, the, the ingredient in that those caffeinated, those energy drinks is terrible. Like, I thought... Like, I cannot even talk about this one because uh, I'm 100% disagree with the out there, the people selling that, and the people also grab and drink, and then you get addicted. They need that. They don't know what is the natural energy anymore. They have to grab that and do it, and then they think, oh, I'm going to do a workout. I'm going to do some exercise. For them, the pre-workout or those caffeinated energy drink, they must have it before. It depends on that. Here's the thing. Anything externally you actually give to your body that means down the road and the body is the ability to actually do itself you actually bring down more and more so they're not gonna actually do it anything so let's say um, those energy drinks all this caffeine it's not good for you because how are you gonna get the natural energy are are these drinks you know and i guess even maybe like like you know excessive use of coffee consumption of coffee but you know more important these energy drinks because it's not only just you know like the caffeine but it's also the excessive amount of sugar that's in them you know like just all these other products that are able to like boost energy um are they atp blocking like is your body like to really start to like like turn the pace down on the the krebs cycle at all like do you produce atp as efficiently or like do you do you process it as efficiently because Obviously, it's way easier just for your body. Once your body recognizes you're going to regularly get these big blasts of caffeine and sugar and all this junk, does your body start to manipulate any of those processes? No, actually not. It's the same as um, when you drink um, Pepsi or Coca-Cola. What happened in your brain? There is that moment, the sparkle with the uh, caffeine plus the sugar and the compound together, the chemical. Actually, it actually gives you those pleasure in your brain. And it's very short, and then it's diminished, right? So exactly the same thing. The ATP, the power energy source, that's actually uh, from the mitochondria, which is the cell. That you have to support that cell naturally. Mitochondria is those cells that you can actually day to day you can actually support that cells and then uh, have healthy mitochondria, which is um, yeah from the food, yeah. nothing else. So they so drinking these drinks doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Exactly, it's the same thing as uh, those uh, ketone juice out there. People drink because they want to stay in ketosis. Oh, like Give me a break. It's like anything that our body, it creates a certain stuff that gives you the energy. And then actually doing the right thing for your body, it has to create from the inside. It doesn't actually create from the externally you give and then you expect, you know, I'm going to have that. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm. So that's all I have to tell you. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about something like ketones as well, you know, because like you said, like that's, you know, having those molecules flowing around in your body, like your body, you know, you need to be able to process those. It's not that just immediate energy burst right it's just it's no. 
basically just pumping more gas in the tank. Your body still has to process it, it still has to go through the engine, right? Yeah, and especially like those ketone juice, I'm sorry, I tell you, you had your birthday cake, and then you feel like, you know, like, oh no, I want to stay in the ketosis, I'm going to drink the ketone juice, and then, I'm sorry, the minute you had your birthday cake, your body magically pancreas they're gonna release the insulin once the insulin comes out never mind about all those ketone juice it's done that and much insulin is powerful and then by the way plus you had those uh, your birthday cake and the plus those ketone juice that's also going to be uh, the sugar by the way so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way it isn't and this is again it goes down as like the complicated you know side of it right you know like yeah. where how it's like you know, people see like this little can of the beta hydroxybutyrate sitting on the shelves this ketones on it and it's just like well i'm on the keto diet you know yeah. so like you know one should you know obviously i should be taking like this drink and all that kind of stuff but the part that i find to be interesting is like what you brought up is that if you are just doing the keto diet properly like you don't need those extra exogenous ketones like in your body because your ketone levels will already be high enough and you don't want them to be any higher than that. Yeah. You know, because that's like a, a pretty big misconception with people too thinking that like I need my ketone levels to be extremely maxed out all day, every day and understanding how bad that is. You know, if you go through cyclic stages of that, you know, under a controlled environment, you know, maybe, but like that's not where you want to be all the time. No, it's like the minute you tap into just a nutritional ketosis, already right there you're getting benefit, So which is good. So um, we, are we going to talk about uh, ketogenic diet down the road? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, We're going to break great. them all down. Oh, yeah, keto, okay. carbon, all that. Maybe it'll be yeah. the next time we come on and we'll actually try yeah. to stick with a plan of what we're going to talk <laughs> about one of these times and, and, and actually just say, okay, we'll spend like 15 minutes talking like keto, 15 carnivore, 15 vegan or something along those lines. Right. Kind of, kind of break right. them down right. a little bit more. But. So those things that actually in the body, they create those ketones. It's, the, it's not from the outside. So remember this one. Anything that from the external they make in the lab and they bring to inside your body cell doesn't recognize it doesn't work that way and the minute like remember this one let's say you're in a ketogenic diet and then you had a birthday cake don't worry just go back to your eating pattern and then within two to three days later you are going to get into uh, tap into the ketosis again. Or just have like a little bit of like apple cider vinegar to regulate blood sugar levels or some cinnamon or something like that, you know, like just anything to help naturally regulate or your blood sugar Or just levels. to do like right away, right after eating cheese, uh, cheesecake, whatever, you just do like intermittent fasting and then go to the gym and empty stomach or just do some high intense interval training and then you can tap into ketosis uh, fast enough. So it's good. So do it natural way. That's the yeah, best and, way. And like for me, I find that, you know, if I do something like that, if I stretch my, you know, I try to eat like my first meal around 11, mm -hmm. you know, if I stretch it to like 12 or one, it mm -hmm. just bumps. Like it, it's just that extra hour or two. Like, you know, it's not really that much more like an investment, but again, it's understanding your body to that level mm -hmm. and giving your body enough time to understand itself on that mm -hmm. level so that all those processes just run a lot more efficiently. Right. So here's the thing, like always the people worry about like, oh, so I have this one and get in my way. I want to get into the plan. I'm like, this is not a plan. This is your lifestyle. So all you really worry about the birthday party or the holiday, just worry about two things. You're from Christmas to New Year's. Have fun. 
Don't yeah. worry about anything. And then let's worry about your life aside from New Year's to all the way to Christmas. Yeah. Let's do that way. They go, oh, that's way easier. So oh, but <laughs> you, you forgot about the spring break holiday. You forgot about all the birthdays. You forgot about all the anniversaries. All of summertime. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just like the... So it's all about the baby steps. Sometimes the people get overwhelmed. They say, okay, now you have four meals per day. So multiply seven. So how does it work for you? It's all 28 meals. Okay, 28 meals. You had one single mistake. So would you like to forgive yourself? Yeah. One out of 28 is not so bad. Yeah, you did great. So we should actually celebrate. Pop the champagne yeah. bottles. Let's get them flowing. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, so that's now. what actually I guide my client. Instead of like focusing on the one thing you made a mistake, maybe you focus on the other stuff that you along the way you did well. Yeah. So then they're like, oh, yeah, that's right, Veronica, I did the good. So, okay, so let's continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where it's just kind of forgetting that you did it right when you're doing it. Yes. You know, that's where yes. it's like the not penalizing yourself for it. Because mm -hmm. I always say to people, like, if I if I choose to eat something, I'm never going to feel guilty for it. But at the end of the day, you have to have some kind of offset. You know, but like yeah. that's where people, you know, like it's they don't want to fast for at all, never mind an extra hour or two, mm -hmm. or, you know, they might not want to, you know, do like, you know, a workout they wouldn't normally do, or, you know, maybe an extra mm -hmm. workout or stretch an extra 10 or 15 minutes of cardio in mm -hmm. on the end. But is there like, there needs to be always that extra little, like you need to do something like justify, you know, make it worth your while, you know, and don't treat it like a punishment. Just, you know, I always say just treat it as like, I need to do this to get back to where I want to be. Like, I'm yeah. not going to feel bad for eating that cake or those M&Ms or whatever, yeah. that, that ice cream. But I need to do this little bit to get back to where I want to go. I'm not doing this out of punishment for eating that. That's or a very I'm not positive way to punish myself beforehand it. and say, mm -hmm. I got to do this this spin class because I'm going out to have some drinks tonight. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, it shouldn't always be like a punishment to be able to offset. It's That's just like, right. I'm just going to offset to get back to where I want to be because I feel better when I'm over on this other side. Yeah, so that's really right way to put it. That's great. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. and here's the thing. People say like, uh, sometimes when I do this, let's say, well, I'm a nutritionist, but still, I have my own health goal as well. So when I plan and then I have my goal, right? Then what I do, like, um, I'm not gonna go to another nutritionist and then for the accountability, right? So what I do, myself, like, I send email to myself. I set the date. So there's a lot of software out there, right? So I use like a future me. So I kind of uh, go in. I want this day, this uh, software sent me back to my email to myself. So I write it, all my goals, what I want, what I'm doing, you know, so I want actually, you know, so I get that as well. At the same time, myself, I write a blog as well. And also I make a video as well. So I share with other people. So you can do that too. To all the listener, you can do the same thing. Uh, when you start your plan and you tell your friend, you tell your family, and you tell even social media. And there's so many tools out there. And then you write a blogs and then you write a, maybe a journal every day. So that's well, see, accountability. And it's, always, yeah, and, it, and it's systems like that too. If you're talking about, you know, like public systems, you know, if you use like social media or a blog or, you know, anything along those lines where – I think we always also want to connect and instill a change in people immediately around us because we see them. 
you know, but what if you inspired three or four people from different parts around the world? Because at some point in time, if you inspire them, they might inspire somebody else. And that's that snowball effect that we always need to focus on is that we might not change anybody close to us, but it's also giving the opportunity to say like, not only there's this movement. So like, you know, you might not be doing the same diet that I am. You might not be working out the same or anything along those lines, Mm -hmm. but we're all working towards this same goal. So like you can hop on board with me, not do the same thing, but it's just like you're a part of this movement. Cause that's like, again, like the foundation of we are I is that the I is plural, not we, you know, like there's so many of us that are all doing this and say, like, just hop on board, you know, like mm-hmm. we're doing it, you know, it's everybody has been on, everybody's going to be on right. all of us. It's just like, we don't have to feel like we are different. We don't have to feel like we're doing something abnormal. Like we're just kind of more trying to get back to who we all all are and try to help other people get back to who we've all always been. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for myself, like uh, I motivate myself. That's number one when I get up in the morning. And it's like, how great is that you wake up in the morning, like you feel fine. You don't have any pain. And then right there, I'm just like, oh my, thank God, you know, I'm so lucky. And that, that's, that's how you start your day. And you create your morning ritual and then do it. Something that beneficial for your health and mind and body both. And it doesn't have to be huge, crazy, fancy stuff. The little things, a very small thing, you can do that as well. Also, listening to this podcast is also going to help you as well. So you get a lot of information as well. That's good too. And so it's the opportunities there. And the people are going to support you. And information is there. So you just have to set your goal. And they plan properly and then do it. And don't wait until Monday. People say, <laughs> the famous day. Famous day. Everybody goes, oh, I'm going to start on Monday. Or, or the, to- the tomorrow yeah. <laughs> that never comes, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing is, here's the thing. Let's say today is Monday. You want to start next Monday. Instead of that, why don't you try now? Because uh, today, what you do, that's bring tomorrow result. So that's what I believe. So start now if you decide. Because if you're going to wait on Monday, perhaps down the road, you're going to give up by Wednesday. That's yeah. what I believe. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And that's some, that's some great advice. And it actually might be a great place to be able to end our, our podcast today because we actually had, ironically enough, this is how they always go, but we had kind of a, a plan that we wanted to stick with here, but we went off and, but I think that we covered some really good ground team or leave it off on a really good note and just, you know, understanding again, you know, that it's a process, you know, and that's, that's the takeaway from today. And, you know, I think like the, the foundation of all the information that we laid out today is that it's a process. It can be a daunting process. It can be a fun process. It is going to be a process, but we just need to start it. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. Just to start it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, Veronica, thank you again for coming on the podcast and everybody this won't be the last time that you hear from uh, Veronica, and very soon you'll be hearing and seeing Veronica while we're doing these podcasts. So, um, till the next time, Veronica, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, always. And uh, just before we go, if you can let everybody again know how to be able to get a hold of you, email, uh, social media handles, the whole bit. Uh, if you like to just contact me through the email, info at makeovernutrition.com or you can go through my website makeovernutrition.com or social media is all just type the Veronica Yu all the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and Twitters so you can do that as well and just uh, to clarify it's Veronica Yu Y-O-O for everybody searching it on social media sites thank you thank you have a great day thank you